This is Transistor.fm. I actually don't, I don't want to hit number one on those because I don't think, I don't know how that would work out. The, the servers might be on fire. Hey everyone, welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind the scenes story of building a web app in 2018. I'm John Buda, a software engineer. And I'm Justin Jackson. I'm a product and marketing guy. Follow along as we launch Transistor.fm and Spots.fm. Hey, can we include that in the official intro now? Do you think it's okay? I think so, yeah. <laughs> I guess it's, it's on the plate. It's a thing we, we've committed to. So folks, we're <laughs> back for another episode. John and I, This is we're recording this on a Monday. You know, we feel this commitment to record a show once a week. And so we didn't record on Friday. We must have been totally in summer mode, John, because I didn't even think about it until you mentioned it today. Yeah, I don't know what was going on that day. I mean, I was busy. Yeah. I was work I was working. I mean, it's hot outside, things are happening. Yeah. Uh, I just went and saw John Fogarty in concert. He nice. he is old. How old do you think John Fogarty is? Seventy-five. Okay, you're actually pretty close. Oh, nice. Right. He is uh when was he born? He is born he's age seventy-three. Okay, John, what, from Credence? Yeah, he's from yeah, CCR fame, but also yeah. had a big um you know, a big CCR was actually only 67 to 1972. Huh. And then, and so many of their hits, his hits were in that era. But then he also had um, Center Field that came out in 1985. Oh, yeah. Put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. That one. I do, I do enjoy some classic CCR. Yeah. So, good stuff. I was surprised by how, like, that dude is still rocking. Uh, I mean, there's a few songs where it was like, okay, he, he looks like an old man. <laughs> but I, his voice was still super solid. I couldn't believe huh. it. So, I mean, if either of us are still... What's the rock and roll equivalent of people building web apps? <laughs> I don't know. What's the web app equivalent of... Yeah. I don't think that's a thing yet. Yeah. Kevin Kelly. How old is Kevin Kelly? We've talked about this before, but... <laughs> Kevin Kelly's the oldest web person I know. See, he's only 65. Okay. So maybe if we're doing what Kevin's doing when we're in our 60s and 70s. Uh, anyway, we want to record an episode every week. We haven't, and we thought today what we would do, because we don't have much time, is we would just pick three tweets, and really quickly we pick these, and we would discuss them. We would use them as jumping off points for discussion. And this might be a trick you want to use your in your own... <laughs> podcast or blog post because it's going to give us something to talk about, three things. But remember that to get a bigger audience, often you have to tap into folks that have bigger audiences than yourself. And so we'll see what happens. Maybe we'll report back next week. We're going to be discussing these three tweets and maybe the folks who are discussing will be interested and might share what you know our take on it. So mm -hmm. we'll see. Uh, you ready, John? ready. All right. So the first one is Justin Can's uh, tweet. All these will be in the show notes at sass.transistor.fm. And uh, Justin says, between sell selling Twitch and starting Atrium, I don't even know what Atrium is. I've thought a lot about B how B2B compares to B2C favorably, in my opinion. Now, this is interesting because he, he's done both. 
And Twitch was really kind of a B2C play. Most of the big things we think about, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, those are all B2C. Yeah, you probably don't hear too much about the B2B successes because they probably just get purchased behind the scenes or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, there's a few that folks might think of. Shopify would be a B2B app. Uh, and actually, B2Prosumer, there's a little bit of a gray area there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, a lot of folks, when they think of startups, think of B2C. And Justin is totally in that ecosystem. So this is interesting to have kind of a, a Silicon Valley insider. And they've traditionally been really bullish on B2C. He's saying, ah, wait a second, maybe B2B. So he goes first. In B2C, in B2C, you have to ride a massive wave to become a success. This is more than just being good at building a company. You also have to be very lucky. Google, Facebook, and Twitter all rode massive waves. B2B, however, is in your control. The problems are known. You can just ask businesses what their problems are and make pro products to solve them. So, John, uh, and there's more in this thread, but what are some of your thoughts around this? B2B versus B2C? Yeah. I mean, I agree with him. I think B2C, you obviously need, like you said, a massive wave uh, or a massive wave of growth, a, math a massive user base. I mean, talking millions, hundreds of millions of people using the thing to be successful. And to get to that point, I, you kind of see this with companies getting massive amounts of funding and just spending money on acquisition and then they're in debt and then they have to find a way to crawl out of a hole. Mm -hmm. Whereas it seems like B2B, I mean, he talks about being in control and the problems are known, but it's also that I think you can, you know, charge money for things and not have to have this massive wave of growth. It's also interesting that he highlights how, and, and I mean, he had a massive success with, uh, with Twitch but he's saying, you know, you really have to get lucky with consumers. It's way harder to figure out what they're going to want as a big group. Mm -hmm. When folks first saw Twitter, they were like, ah, that's stupid. That's never going to catch on. And for whatever reason, it catches on. Uh, you know, even things that seem like no-brainers today, Netflix, for example, I remember initially kind of going, well... Why would I go to Netflix, you know, especially when they're just doing DVD, uh, mailing DVDs? Why would I do that instead of going to Blockbuster? Yeah. Like, I go to Blockbuster, I can get the movie right away. I don't have to wait. Right. It was also a nice experience. I thought I, I enjoyed going to the movie rental stores. Yeah. People would have thought you were crazy. And so it, there, there seems to be, and if you'd said, you know, to folks, I, it's just, it's, it's harder to get. People like maybe if you said, "Would you like to rent movies online?" Maybe people would have said, "Yeah," but at the time right. it was like, "Well, no, you know, internet's really slow and expensive, and so so many things have to fall in place for there to be that that thing, that massive wave." It's like it, you can't just get one thing right; you have to get multiple things right. Right. And timing seems so important. Like if you're too early. It, it doesn't work out. If you're too late, it doesn't work out. You have to kind of hit it right at the right time. Yeah, either Netflix knew that going into it or they just sort of, you know, pounced on the on the right time and said, well, streaming streaming's ready to go. Like, mm -hmm. We're ready to do this. Let's, let's try it out. And I think, you know, at first, I don't remember, they didn't have a huge 
selection. It was only movies, I think. I don't even know if it's TV shows. At, at first, the reason we got Netflix initially, and we held out for a long time, we were like cord cutters, but we had uh, an Apple TV, but we were just ordering shows and movies off iTunes. Mm-hmm. And initially, I remember looking at Netflix and going, this is all garbage. There's nothing good here. But what what got us in was Dora the Explorer. <laughs> because we were paying $1.50 per episode on iTunes. And then so as soon as Netflix got it, it was like, oh, okay, well, we're going to use this now because yeah. we'll definitely spend that much money in a month uh, on, Dora, on Dora the Explorer. But I mean... Who would have thought like the the quality wasn't great? You know, if we had a choice between watching a movie on Netflix and iTunes, we would choose iTunes because the quality was just better. Yeah. Like their video codecs weren't great. So many things have to work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the yeah, that's and then for them there was obviously a, a point where they needed they needed massive growth. They needed whatever virality if you want to talk about that and or yeah. if you want to call it that. They they needed people that sort of talk about it with others. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, Justin here mentions in this thread as well with B2B, you have a clear execution path. You don't need to mess around with virality. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, you don't necessarily, you know, it helps for businesses to, to recommend it to other businesses, but you're, you're probably more so going out and trying to attract those businesses directly. Yeah. Or, I mean, yeah, you can still have word of mouth, but there's a a difference between getting, you know, uh, a handful of word of mouth referrals every month, which we're actually already getting for Transistor. If you look Mm -hmm. in our inbound, and I think this is is important, you want to have some of that signal. If, If you have something that people are not recommending, I think you have a problem. And the fact that people are already recommending us to their friends or to their colleagues or to their, you know, other folks they know that are running businesses is a good sign, but we don't need that to be viral. (laughs) Right. We don't, we don't need to hit number one on Reddit or Hacker News or Product Hunt or what we need is a handful of people to do that every month. Yeah. I actually don't, I don't want to hit number one on those because I don't think our, I don't know. I don't know how that would work out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It it, it worries you. Yeah. The servers might be on fire. Yeah, they might melt. So the yeah, it I think it's it's interesting and and you know, I, I think it does take a lot of skill to to orchestrate B2C companies that can attract that kind of virality. B2B and especially with B2B SaaS, you do not need viral loops. Everyone's looking for them. You just need a handful of people to recommend your product every month and that that would be you know pretty good growth for most SaaS yeah. apps. Yep. I think this th- whole thread's worth uh, reading. He also has more stuff on his uh, on his blog, so we'll link that up. All right, let's go to the next one by Stephanie Holbert, and she is uh, on Twitter. She's S E Holbert, uh, and. If you're not following her already, I highly recommend it. She's an entrepreneur. She is a uh, she does image compression. I think for VR and games and and things like that. Let's see what because she's the founder of Binomial. Let's just see what this is here. Binomial is making state of the art image 
image and texture compression. So that's what they do. I'm guessing, uh, you know, they're building, I'm guessing she, I don't, I don't even know. I, do you think they're, they're probably, it's probably a lot of, uh, you call that low level programming, C stuff like that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I, I find her really interesting. She's not really in the SaaS business. Uh, I think she sells, uh, annual licenses for her, her stuff, but she just always has interesting insights on marketing, on sales, on, you know, being a software person. She's got a great thread on how programmers can dress up, how they can improve their wardrobe with a, a few simple things, both for men and women. Is and, that, oh, that's funny. Is that, is that a, like a stereotypical programmer? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like, how can you get, just increase things a little bit? Anyway, uh, so she has this interesting thread on on uh, sales and hard sales, and she's quoting this other fellow, Rich Geldrich, and he's saying, at some point, you've got to stop proving yourself. And uh, and he's talking about it in a career sense. When you're first starting your career, you'll have a strong urge to do this. At some point, stop. If somebody challenge you, challenges you, just move on. So she's taking this career tweet and then she's saying, you know what, this also applies to sales. She says, early in the business, we established a philosophy of no hard sales and it has served us well. If someone's not convinced, we move on. We may improve messaging for all, but we don't hang on trying to convince one person. It's tempting to defend yourself, but not good for business. And I wanted to bring this up because I Already, even with Transistor, I've already had to deal with this when folks, you know, get on a chat or send us an email and they're like, in some ways, almost, uh, uh, this is the way I receive it is they're like, what's so good about Transistor? Yeah. What's your, what, what's your, uh, what is it? There's an acronym for like, yeah, your, your, uh, primary value metric or your, uh, yeah, your, Custom, val- what, c- custom yeah. value proposition. <laughs> Your CVP. Yes. And, you know, it's, it's not bad. I, I, that, those are the questions I'm asking, too, when somebody yeah. um, pitches me on something, especially something I'm already using. I, you know, if someone has a new Slack competitor, my question is going to be, well, what makes it better? And uh, it's a reasonable question, and it's good to be pushed into just like she's saying you know we might improve our messaging so every time i get challenged on you know what makes transistor better i'm thinking yeah how can i communicate that and working on our homepage the other day i was challenged on this and and i thought you know one thing we need to have on our homepage is unlimited host unlimited shows that's one of the things that makes us different you pay one monthly fee and you can host unlimited shows. But, you know, there was one person that was looking for a host, kind of a well-known person. A lot of people forwarded me his tweet saying, ah, this, this person has a big audience. You might want to reach out to them. And I reached out to him. And, you know, to his credit, he just had lots of questions about what makes it, what makes Transistor better. And, and after about we probably had a back and forth about five times. I was kind of like, you know what? This probably isn't worth my time. 
All right, this guy's not sold yet, so let's move on and maybe we can get, with the same amount of effort and time, get a couple other people. That's right. And, you know, in the beginning, it's challenging because, you know, Libsyn's been around for a long time. And why why wouldn't I use Libsyn? And I mean, I have lots of reasons why you wouldn't want to use Libsyn um, that, you know, I think Transistor is better. But if you're already using Libsyn and you're happy and everything's working, Maybe you should just stay. Uh, yeah. And and how much effort do I want to spend convincing somebody that they should move to us? You at at a certain point you have to go. Okay, I'm going to try, stop trying to sell this person, and I'm just going to move on and find somebody else. One thing this also made me think of is if you're finding you're having to do the hard sell all the time. That's probably also a bad sign. Yeah, that's going to, that's, I feel like an untenable situation, right? You're just going to be hard selling all the time. No one's going to just sign up because, like, they're not just convinced by either word of mouth or, you know, re- reading your homepage. They're not like, oh, yeah, this sounds great. Yeah. Yes. And the, the desperate, sometimes it, it, it comes about because of desperation. You're so desperate for the sale that you just keep hammering and you get one lead on the line and you're like, this is it, this is it, I've got one. And you're going to fight for that fish no matter what. And, you know, sometimes you fight and fight and fight and, you, you know, you're not able to reel it in or you reel it in and it wasn't worth your time. And so there is a wisdom in knowing when to when to hold them and when to walk away like yeah you you really do and i've heard this repeated with a lot of entrepreneurs they seem to have this second sense about ah you know what this isn't worth it i'm just going to walk away they can say no and feel fine walking away yeah i think this is related to another tweet that we're not going to necessarily talk about but you posted which was Oh, no, it is. Never mind. That's the next one. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, that's a good segue. Let's get into the next one, which is uh, Naval. So Naval is the the founder of AngelList and has recently just kind of uh, been tweeting a lot more uh, about his experience building. um, His number one uh, kind of tweet right now is uh, how to get rich without getting lucky which is kind of interesting. Um, there's a bunch of, you know, uh, like one one of the items in that thread is understand that ethical wealth creation is possible. If you secretly despise wealth, it will elude you. It's kind of interesting. Hmm. Um, we could actually talk about that one at a different time. But the one we're going to talk about is decisions. He says, if you can't decide, the answer is no. If two equally difficult paths, choose the one more painful in the short term. Pain avoidance is creating an illusion of quality. So maybe this was what you were referring to uh, in relation to the other tweet. Uh, yeah, well, the all, yeah, the all, all the um, if you can't decide, the answer is no. I think that's related to yeah something else I've heard, which is like if it's not an emphatic yes, just don't do it. Like yeah, if you're not if you if you have an idea and you're like, yes, this is amazing. I need, I need to do this, then do it. Otherwise just like, yeah, you're thinking of Derek Sivers. It's either hell yeah or no. Exactly. Yeah. It's a similar 
I think, a similar idea here. Totally. And I actually like this when I see people I respect when there's alignment in what they're saying. Uh, you know, if there's a bunch of folks and they all have different opinions, like a, a bunch of folks who have done it before and they all have different opinions, it's like, ah, I don't, I can't really create a, a compass out of that. But mm -hmm. when there's a number of people I respect that are saying the same thing, that to me feels like a more universal truth. And so decisions, if you can't decide, the answer is no. And this also, I think, goes along with, you know, decisions we'd have to make in partnership. Mm -hmm. Right? So if you and I are fighting and we can't, if, if we can't decide, let's just say no. Yeah. Unless it's something you we like have to decide, <laughs> right? Like, Yes. And, and in that case, we've kind of reverted to the 37 signals um, wisdom, which is whoever cares about it more wins. Yeah. So right. if John really wants to build, you know, a new, use a new type of authentication that's uh, open source thing. And I'm like, I think it's stupid. I think it's going to cause more support. And John's saying, no, I want to do it. He can, he can do the customer support for it and he gets, right. he gets to win. Or, or, you know, keeping in mind the recent World Cup, we could, if we're tied, we just have a shootout, <laughs> uh, some sort of digital shootout, which would be a weird way to, to end that. Like, it's kind of a weird way to end a game, but. I actually like that as a marketing exercise. Every time you have a disagreement, the two founders get online and you have like a battle royale, a battle royale. Uh, yeah. In uh, what's that game that everyone, all the kids play? Oh, is it Fortnite? Fortnite. <laughs> we have a we have a Fortnite battle royale. Do you have you played that game? I have not. No, no I haven't either. So then it would be a perfect, <laughs> perfect like arena. Sort of a coin coin toss, but a little <laughs> bit more involved. Can you imagine? Oh, that would be hilarious. Here's some late 30-somethings playing Fortnite. <laughs> yeah. Actually, folks, if you have an idea of a game John and I could play online <laughs> and and actually uh, uh, share, like screen screen share, uh, tweet us at TransistorFM, and we, we'll, we'll try to do that sometime. Maybe we'll start a Twitch channel or something. <laughs> right. Uh, here's one thing I didn't understand about that tweet. He says, the last part is he says, choose the path that leaves you more... What is this word? E equanimous, I think. Equanimous. Which I had to look up. Okay. What does it mean? It is having or showing equanimity, even tempered. Okay. It's basically a decision that leaves you even tempered or... Okay, the Apple Dictionary or, or says... calm and cool. Yeah, calm and composed. Why didn't he just say calm? Naval, come on. Big words. You, big words. Um, oh, that's interesting. So which yeah. which one makes you that's, feel more calm? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. I, you don't want to decide... You don't want to say yes to something that's going to bring you more anxiety and stress down the road, right? Yeah. Yeah, and what, what's interesting I, is he's contrasting this with the previous statement, which is... Choose, if there's two equally difficult paths, choose the one more painful in the short term. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I think an example for us that really illustrates this is, do we incorporate, do we go through the legal uh, uh, pain of having to draft a partnership agreement, of getting advice from a lawyer, of finding a lawyer in the first place, of dividing up our shares? 
That was painful in the short term. It would have been way yeah. easier for us to go, eh, let's just get started, think about it later. But it, it would have been awful down the road. Yes. So uh, I think this that matches up with this, right? Yeah. And did it leave us more calm and composed in the long term? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So this is something I think is going to become more and more important uh, as we continue on with both spots and transistor because startups, basically <laughs> companies, the, the whole idea is if you're leading a company, you're making decisions. You get paid to do two things, think and make decisions. And uh, everything else, like the execution, which I often like to do. And, you know, we don't really get, when you're the co-founder of a company, the execution really isn't what you get graded on. You get graded on thinking and making decisions. And I can see us needing to kind of think of, have uh, advice like this when, okay, the next thing that comes up, like, are we going to, you know, in some ways, spots was the, was a difficult decision we had to make right away. Yeah. Are we going to pursue this now? And it is going to be painful because, you know, I want to execute on it really quickly. And, you know, uh, there's still lots to prove with spots. Do we, right. do, do we want to be in the advertising business? Do we want to, uh, you know, am I going to like that? Are you going to like that? Is that, is that, so there's a churning that is very painful in the short term. And I think sometimes my, you know, my personal kind of desires, ah, I, I just want to make this easy. Let's just make this easy for right now. And, you know, we'll deal with it in the future. But you almost always have to force yourself to reverse that. Uh, another, tw another tweet that this make reminds me of is um, hard conversations, easy life, easy conversations, hard life, hmm. you know? So are we going to have the hard conversations now or are we going to wait for yeah, the future? I mean, yeah, it's, I've, I've struggled with that. I think in the past, it's definitely easier in the short term to avoid those, but. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even if folks want to go back a little bit um, and remember, this is still unfolding for John and I, um, but a good episode that I feel kind of exemplifies this idea of like making hard decisions, having hard conversations is when we, John and I talked about, I think it's our Voltron needs more fuel. So if you look, that's June 26th, but it's either that episode or the one right before it, which is, or sorry, the one right after it, I see spots, but where we had to talk about, like, John, what do you want? Do you want to, you know, quit your job right away? Mm -hmm. Do you want to, you know, if we had $200,000 in investment, how would that change? Like asking those questions and getting that out in the open. And then, you know, on my side, me going like, ah, like I'm feeling this pressure, this financial pressure for us to start like making a bunch of money right now. How are we going to do that? Is it possible? You know? Having those hard conversations now, way better than yeah. leaving them underneath. It is. I think so. Yeah, I have a book that I bought that's been talked about a lot um, that I haven't read yet. I've been meaning to called Difficult Conversations, How to Discuss What Matters Most. I've 
a lot of people have talked about it. Oh, can, I'll link it up in Amazon, but it's like the 10th anniversary came out, you know, eight years ago. So it's been around. Yeah. But, um, yeah, overwhelmingly like positively reviewed. Yeah. We'll link that up too. Um, yeah. Anything else on this one in particular? I don't think so. So no. yeah, I, uh, this is a short episode, but Again, we just and we might do this in the future. Maybe this will be a recurring uh, theme: is that we just choose three tweets and discuss them. If you have something you want us to discuss, tweet us at Transistor FM, and uh, we might choose your tweet to, to uh, you know to answer. Eventually, we want to get some Q and A going. So having a voicemail box or whatever to yeah. answer a bunch of questions um, that. That's not something we have the infrastructure for yet, but eventually we'll have a place. It it may be a feature in Transistor. (laughs) Yeah, we want this to be a feature in Transistor. So uh, if you have thoughts about these tweets, definitely reach out to us as well. You could also, if you're in Breaker, you can comment right in the app. If you're in CastBox, you can comment right in the app. Do that. If you're on Listen Notes, if you use that site to discuss podcasts, do it there too. Podacy is another one where you can discuss podcasts. Um, we'd love to, whenever I can, I kind of do the rounds and check the conversation there. So if you're listening there right now, please leave us a comment. Leave us what you think. And we will see you next time, uh, next Tuesday, which is the 24th. And actually, that'll be interesting because I will be on a flight next Tuesday. Yes. So that that's, uh, we'll have, uh, hopefully by then we'll have some information about a Chicago meetup. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.